House Story came about actually after I wrote the book. We were trying to figure out like what the right title was. And we were talking about what it is. And we were like, really, we're trying to tell the story of a house, but also every house tells a story. And so we kind of landed on House Story because if you can identify, you know, your own design style, which is where the book starts, and if you can stick to it, then at the very end, you're going to have this really personal home that tells a story about you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to At Home. This is Linda and Drew Scott. And this is a show where we chat with artists, experts, dreamers, and doers about what makes us feel most at home. Mm-hmm. That includes people, the cozy things. The house itself. I like it when a home feels like it's giving you a nice, big, warm hug. What if you didn't ask for it? Doesn't matter. It's still <laughs> going to give it to you. This is At Home. Well, today we want to talk all about home, that feeling of oh, home. Oh, really? Yeah. Did, did you know this? <laughs> Everybody out there didn't know this, but now you do. Uh, everyone's house has a different feeling because everyone is different. What they want in a home is different. So I figured, Lindy, why don't we share our house story? Mm, yes. This is a good segue into today's guest. Still waiting for you to share your story. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Once upon a time... We decided that we wanted to move to LA. This was a long time ago. We've been coming, like every year we'd come to LA. Even before Linda and I met, we both loved LA. Linda has family here. I wanted to be here for my career. I just wanted to be closer to Disneyland. The water. (laughs) As a young actor, this was the spot I I dreamed of being. Yeah, I remember you telling me you and JD would um, stay at the Best Western and then have breakfast and then lunch at the Denny's? Was it Denny's? Well, no, there, no there, at the diner? There was a Denny's. Um, JD loved that more than I did, but it was cheap and we could get big meals. But there was a diner at the Best Western up, I think it was off Franklin. And uh, that's we were told that's where a lot of writers go and a lot of people that are uh, mm. in the know of LA. And so we wanted just to soak up that inspiration when we were there. So fun. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to us house hunting. We had flown in for the weekend and we spent the entire weekend with our amazing realtor mm-hmm. um, looking at houses. But this is the thing. So we, we wanted a custom home in the sense we wanted to really speak to what we love in a home, but we didn't want a new build. We didn't want to build brand new. We wanted something that had character and had history. So we were looking for all the old neighborhoods of mm-hmm. LA. And when we got to this one, this was the last house we saw that ten, weekend, right? 10 houses in one day. We flew in, we I looked at all 10 in one day. more than that. Was it? Yeah. Pretty sure it was 10 because I'm a numbers guy. But anyway, yeah, it was actually a hundred <laughs> houses. We looked at it in one day. That, that's more like it. That's more like a Drew story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? You're going to say 10 and I'm going to say more? But every house we looked at though, they weren't quite there. There was, I think one other house we thought this could maybe work. But at the very end, you know, we're kind of exhausted. It's tough looking at that many houses in one day and trying to remember the details. Uh, but then we, we pulled up into Hancock Park, the house that we live in now. And the moment we saw it, we stepped out of the car, we looked at it. We, we both looked at each other and said, this is the one. Yeah, it felt like home right away. Just the neighborhood itself, the, the tree-lined streets, um, and just the, the size of the neighborhood. Like It was so cute. Yeah, and it's so walkable and, mm-hmm. and we just love that sort of a feel. We want somewhere that we can get to know our neighbors. And so, and we, we said this is the one before we even looked inside the house. Then we walked through and it was, you know, it was in good shape, but it hadn't been touched since the 50s. I mean, the only thing they had done is they had upgraded the wallpaper at some point in the 50s or 60s. 
And it was amazing. It was so charming. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And it turned out that the house was built by the Van de Camp Bakery family, which is a very well known bakery from back in the like the forties, fifties or so. And it was uh, built in nineteen twenty one. Built house. It, the house was built in 1921, yeah. right? So I guess the Vandy Camps were around from early, early 1900s. And then the owner of the house, he was actually a famous architect, Edward Fickett. And he built, you know, Dodger Stadium and a whole bunch the of- The second owner. The second no, owner. No, actually you're getting it wrong. No, there were- We got to talk to Joycey. No, okay, Joyce, sorry. Joycey no, no, is I know the it, previous I know owner. It. Hold on, let's do this. <laughs> the first owners, the people who built it were the Vandy Camp Bakery family. And there's history there. And then the family who had it, uh, the, their daughter- that's who we bought the house from. Mm-hmm. But her husband was a famous architect, Edward Fickett. Mm-hmm. And he built Dodger Stadium and he built massive neighborhoods in, in LA and very, very famous architect. Anyway, he lived in the house. And the funny thing is in his book too, they coin him for bringing open concept to America. Mm-hmm. But in reality, this house, it was the most closed concept place you'd ever seen. And so we had to reimagine the house while keeping all this amazing history that it had. So it was charming, but at the same time, it was like, kind of creepy because there were yeah. so many nooks and crannies and all the rooms were closed off. But it was, that was the fun part when we were exploring. Um, and when we went up to the attic where we are now, there was a built in cabinet a wardrobe. and that's where we found Narnia. No, I'm kidding. That's yeah. where we found <laughs> the, um, the original floor plans, the blueprints, drawings, they were yeah. all in this drawer in this wardrobe yeah. in the creepy attic. And so anyway, we, we just, we put our sort of, uh, love into the home and tried to keep what Joycey had told us about the stories of her as a little girl growing up in this house. And, and we've stayed in touch with Joycey yeah. and she's, yeah, we saw her just a, a few weeks ago. Actually, and that's, if you ever, I mean, we've renovated lots of houses where we've brought back the previous owners. And if somebody's grown up in a house or they, they've been there for decades. I was really oh, nervous to share, I was, to show it to her. Yeah, because a lot of times they'll say, even if you do a great job, they're like, well, it's not oh, what, what I had. Yeah, because, you ruined it. Yeah, you like removed, you know, the place I used to play in. <laughs> but Joycey loved it. She's everything we showed her. She's like, this mm-hmm. is such a dream and things that she wanted to do, expanding the kitchen because she loved to entertain. And so that was really, it meant a lot to us to know that her love is still in the house and mm-hmm. she, she loves what we did. And for us at the end of the day, you know, our home needs to feel like a place for family, for everyone to come over and feel at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's the story we hope to tell now when people come over. We want them to feel welcome and, and comfy and not like stuffy. Like we want people to relax and kick back, kick up their feet, is that what they're saying? Yeah. Which is funny because if you guys have listened to the episode where we talk with our teenagers, Jess, Annalie, and Tanelli, who stay with us a lot, they probably will not feel that way because, you know, Drew has a lot of rules. No, in that's the house. thing. But it does feel like home because everyone's it, parents always make them <laughs> abide by rules. And I just want the house to be clean and organized. Yes, besides the rules and the tidying and, and Drew, you know, wanting to keep everything orderly, it does feel like home. Um, like for me, it's the personalized spaces. Like I love that we have the attic where we can chill and mm-hmm. do yoga and just enjoy the sunlight. Well, I like like, and there are different areas to congregate. Like I like that we have our outdoor, you know, that attic patio with the hot tub. I like that we have the fire pit downstairs outside. And private spaces. Like I, I know like open concept, rah, rah, rah. Um, but I think it's also important to have like, you know, mm-hmm. more cozy nooks. 
Exactly. It's a house for family. And I think our friends and family keep coming back because it, it feels like home. And this is actually the perfect segue into our guest today because Jasmine Roth, as you all know from Help I Erect My House and Hidden Potential, she's from HGTV. She's basically our property sister. She has a new book, House Story, and it really is, it's not her stories from renovations, but it's giving you insight inspiration, DIY hacks and tricks, and a lot of beautiful visuals to help you create your house story. Well, you basically said every line. So yeah, get the book, enjoy the episode, and this is Jasmine Roth. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices, like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. (laughs) Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. It's been uh, a beat since we had you on the podcast last time. A lot's changed. Hazel, you know, baby to toddler and your business is expanding. You have new shows launching. So, I mean, tell us about everything. (laughs) Okay. Just everything. Just everything. Just, just tell us about everything, Jazz. No big deal. Um, no, you guys are so sweet. I think that um, you know the biggest thing was obviously having Hazel. When I saw you guys last time I was pregnant, I had no clue what I was in for. Um, I thought I was prepared. And then I realized I wasn't. <laughs> I'm such a planner. I'm super type A. And so I read all the books and I had all the Pinterest boards and I did all the things. And I don't regret doing any of them. But what I realized was that you know you can only prepare so much for something that you've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had Hazel one month into the shutdown, the lockdown mm-hmm. uh, for COVID, which was really scary and different. And just obviously there was no planning for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, having a baby during a pandemic is one of those things where... <laughs> I always wonder, I'm like, am I going to tell her this later? And she's going to be like, okay, mom, whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it was really scary, but it really was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's definitely going to do that, by the way. We all do oh, yeah. I can, I can hear the attitude. I can hear that teenage attitude already. Yeah. Already, for sure. But yeah, so we had her in April of 2020. And then three months later, moved into my new house or our new house that I was building for the three years prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a house that's featured in my book. And so it's actually right now, today, published on the cover of HGTV magazine as well. So amazing. Oh, that's, congrats <laughs> on that. That's amazing. And again, Thank I cannot you. stress enough to everyone out there, and we will dive into House Story, but this book is amazing. There's so Aww. much inspiration. And I love too how you go into so many different ways of reaching people, whether it is sort of tips and tricks, whether it is inspirational photos, whether it's breaking down different types of design and giving examples. 
Um, I, I love your stories. I mean, that's that's something that I want to get more into as well. But it it truly is. This is almost like the encyclopedia or or the the resource that people need to have on their shelf if they're looking to improve their home. It's such a nice read. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fun to read because a lot of design books can either be like all pretty pictures or like too technical. Yeah, I yeah. found that it was like a really nice balance, and I loved all the the sketches of oh the little illustrations. Yeah, the the illustrations. Yeah. Thank you. They're either like Jonathan, uh, you know, pretty, but no substance. Or they're like <laughs> me, deep and in, informative, <laughs> but this thing's faded. Yeah, so you, you're way, the blend of you both. you say that Jonathan's pretty, you're saying that know, you're pretty because you know, you're identical twins. It's very self-absorbed. So you right? do think you're pretty. So self-absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's so much more I want to know about your experience with Hazel um, during oh, yeah. COVID growing up. Um, so tell us a bit more about that and then we'll hop into house story. Or like what what was the biggest surprise? Because anytime we got together with you, we always picked your brain on on parenting and and baby stuff or when that time comes for us and you say you re, you read all the books and researched everything, what was the thing that like surprised you the most? I think what people had told me that that I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, was like everybody's like, oh, sleep now. Everybody's like, oh, enjoy your sleep while you can. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, we're going to figure it out. Like, we're competent adults. We're going to sleep. Like, we're, <laughs> of course, we're going to sleep. Like, okay, maybe you guys didn't sleep, but we're going to mm-hmm. sleep. Yeah. And, and I've been around newborns. I've been around my friends that have babies. Like, it's not like I'm like, like in a bubble somewhere. But what I didn't realize was just like how much you don't sleep. And it just didn't, it didn't. I don't know. I didn't register. And then all of a sudden it happened. We, you know, we had her and, and we weren't sleep. Like it wasn't even a thought, like we're in the hospital and we had, you know, been there, we got induced and we went into labor, but then, you know, they, there's all the things you got to weigh her and do the hearing test and then yeah. breastfeeding and all these stuff. And pretty soon I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't slept for like 24 hours, which <laughs> I've never like, when was the last time you didn't sleep for 24 hours? Like that's yeah. not something that we're into. Right. And, <laughs> but it wasn't even like on, you know, people that are around babies all the time and the doctors and stuff that it wasn't even like a thing. They were like, Oh yeah, you'll, you'll sleep when you get home or yeah, you're never going to sleep again. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so tired and it didn't end. So, um, I, I wish I had had a little bit more like mentally been mentally prepared for that part of it. And then of course we didn't have any help, right? Yeah, because, yeah. because of COVID it was four weeks before we had anyone in our house or mm-hmm. near her. And then even at that point, it was just like our very immediate family and we were very careful and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, that was something I never expected either. I thought uh, we'd have tons of help yeah. and we'd have grandmas and people and all this stuff. So yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that looking back on it, I'm like, oh, I knew that it takes a village. Everybody knows that. Right. But I didn't quite comprehend the why, like, why does it take a village? It's because you mm. don't sleep and you're like a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> and then of course, trying to run a business with that is a whole nother, um, right. You know, Were you working? It. Were you yeah. working during that whole time? No, I took maternity leave and Brett took paternity leave, which was really helpful. And then of course we were home anyway. So that was kind mm. of weird. So like even when he went back to work, he just went into another room of the house because he's still not back in his office. I don't know if he'll ever go back to his office. Mm. And which is, that's been one of the silver linings. So like his paternity leave was over. I was still on maternity leave, but he was home. And so we were all home together, mm. which was Amazing. And then when it came time for me to go back to work, I had a nanny lined up from, you know, pre COVID and everything like that, but I just, I didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't ready. And so my mom ended up stepping in and being our nanny. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that ever would have happened in just 
you know, the way we had planned. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's honestly been the best thing ever, like to have Hazel with her every day. We've known you for years. Like you are a workaholic. It was maternity leave for you. Like, all right, I'm going to take this two days and then I'm going to get back at it. Or are you like, you know, pumping and calling and like doing builds with your team? Like what was maternity leave for you? It was a lot of pumping. Um, I, think, you know, <laughs> I did take some time where I was just home with Hazel because you yeah. have to. And like, again, you're a zombie. Like you don't have the mental capacity to care for a human being um, that needs you every second of every day and work. Like you just don't. Yeah. So luckily yeah. I had um, planned to do that. And then when I did go back off of maternity leave, even um, I, I was still around around, you know, I was home. So like Mm -hmm. Hazel was there and everything. And I I went back to filming and everything, but it's definitely been a a slower pace. And I I did write my book on maternity leave. So I guess you're right. I was working, but like writing a book to me, it was, it was like a labor of love and it was something I wanted to do anyway. And I didn't have to like move around. So I wasn't like ripping apart houses or anything. Yeah. I guess I was working, but (laughs) I only wrote a book. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Books are hard. Actually, that's the question for you. You have three things that are very hard that you were doing all at once. Raising a child, uh, running a real estate company, uh, and filming the shows as well, but then also writing a book. Which, How was the process for writing House Story? Was it tough or was it that labor of love? I mean, Drew, you know, like it is, it is tough. Writing a book is one of those things where like you think you know what you're going to write, but it's all in your head and it's the matter of getting it out of your head and then onto paper, but like in a way that is really clear and <laughs> it's, it's hard and it takes a lot of focus. And I think it takes a lot of um, intention. And so when you're doing something that intentional, it's actually really exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as, I would say it's not as creative as like if you're designing a house or you're, um, you know, working on a project where you're just kind of like, okay, let's paint this wall, this color and this wall, you know, and like that's yeah. creative and it's fun in a different way. Um, but writing a book, I think it's, it feels so, so forever, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Like it feels so tangible. It feels like something that once it's printed, it's like out there. And so you you want it to be special and that puts a lot of pressure on it. So I also felt like I only had so many pages to put like so much information Mm. into, and I didn't want to get too like nerdy and like construction-y, but at the same time, I wanted it to be really helpful and like, I wanted somebody to read it and be like, wow, that is actually super helpful. It is jam-packed. We found when we were writing Dream Home that it wasn't fun because it took a lot of... (laughs) The reason it wasn't is because it took so much time to figure out, like you said, all this information that's been in our head for decades... How do we put it concisely into words? But you did it really well. I mean, it is clean, it's clear. You can hear your personality uh, in there as well, which is really great. Thank you. I applaud you because I have yet to tackle the the real, like the story, like the backstory. I'm not ready for all that. Like it's... (laughs) That's a whole nother. That's why we're here right now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell us us the backstory of House Story. Why why House Story? Oh, why House Story? That I can answer. Um, (laughs) House Story came about actually after I wrote the book. I was trying to figure, we were trying to figure out like what the right title was. Um, And we were talking about what it is. And we're like, really, we're trying to tell the story. Your house, we're trying to tell the story of a house, but also every house tells a story. And so we kind of landed on house story because if you can identify, you know, your own design style, which is where the book starts, and if you can stick to it, 
which that's mm. the hardest part. If you can stick to it throughout a project, whether you're just doing like a room refresh in your rental or you're doing a like soup to nuts renovation or even a new yeah. build, sticking to that house story and that one style is like the hardest thing in my opinion. And so if you can, then at the very end, you're going to have this really personal home that tells a story about you. When you're working with clients to figure out what their style is, what their design aesthetic is, what I always find is just the funniest thing. And I'm sure when people watch all of our shows, they they kind of like, okay, really? Because everyone says, oh, what's your style? Oh, modern. Or they're just like, yeah. no, I like more traditional. But most people are just like, no, I like modern. And then you get you break in, you know, you get them talking a bit more, you to understand what that is. And people just don't know how to explain what they want aside from saying modern. So how do you how do you get to the the root of what a client really wants when you're working with them? One of the ways that I do it, like just a really easy way, is we look at photos. And because I think words are hard. Like a lot of people don't spend time you know, reading about houses or necessarily like researching houses the way we do. So for us, Mm -hmm. it's hard, but for them, it's like impossible, right? So if it's not something you're in every single day, suddenly I ask you a question like, oh, what's your design style? They're like, oh, freaking no. (laughs) What's your design style, you know? (laughs) So it's easier to show photos. And I think that that's that's where I start with all of my clients, um, just going through photos, you know, if they already have photos, even better. So I always Mm -hmm. encourage people like, I love magazines. Like I love a Mm -hmm. good, like printed magazine um, that you can actually look through and like pull a page out if you need to, but whatever you do, if you do Pinterest or house or Casaza, I think that these are all great resources. And then they're able to come to me and be like, okay, I like this. I like this photo. And then I can Mm -hmm. dig in a little deeper. What do you like about that photo? And that's also how I negotiate or navigate between um, different members of a family that are trying mm. to compromise, I guess, um, mm-hmm. on a design style, because that's really challenging as well. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, let's do a renovation. And then they realize that they don't really have the same design preferences. And Wait, what do you mean? Every stuck. client, every client we work with, they all agree. Both partners agree. <laughs> yeah. on, no, <laughs> I don't know if we've not. ever had a clients agree on their taste. No, yeah. never. And so I think part of it for us, you know, if we're going to move a project forward, we have they have to agree, and they we want them to be happy. So it's a matter of figuring out what it is about a design style that they like, right? So that when when they say they're modern, all right, that can mean a million different things. What is it about that modern aesthetic? that you're drawn to? Is it the shapes? Mm -hmm. Is it the textures? Is it the finishes? Or is it actually like the the architectural details? You know, like there's so many different things to dig into. Sometimes somebody will pull a photo and I'm like, they're like, I love this whole room. And when you actually break it down, they actually only like the main throw pillow. And you're like, okay, so you actually don't like the room. You just like the throw pillow. Um, And so it's interesting uh, to actually dig into what people like and dislike. So with, with your house, what is your house story? Um, not just in terms of design, but like when when you and Brett and Hazel walk in, when friends and family walk in, like what is the story that you're hoping to tell? I mean, first of all, you guys have to come visit. Yeah. <laughs> um, if that was a, if that was you know fishing for an invite, you've got it. Thank yeah. you. Um, Thank well you. I know it wasn't. I'd like to think it was though, but I would love yeah. for you guys to come visit our house. I started calling it a homestead when I was designing it, and that word resonated with me because it felt welcoming and it felt like something that could change over time. So Mm. I call it the Roth homestead and it's like a big brown house. (laughs) I painted it homestead brown by Sherwin Williams. You can't make this stuff up. Like (laughs) it was just, that was the color. I was like, that's wow. That's really, wow. The stars (laughs) have aligned. 
And so when you walk inside of the house, my goal was to make it not feel like a brand new house because that's what it is. And I wanted it to feel cozy and inviting. And also like it could, um, you know, kind of be ready for whatever we throw at it. So if Mm. we're hosting HGTV magazine or we're hosting a dinner party or we're having a one-year-old birthday party, which we did, and that was really fun, you know, whatever we throw at it, I want people to feel comfortable. Was Brett on the same page with that sort of a feel that you were going for? Guys, I'm so lucky. So as much as I talk about, you know, people that are at odds <laughs> in their renovations and their builds, Brett and I have the same design, st- like style, preferences, everything. And we always have. So yeah. like, honestly, I'm so lucky. And I know that because I've dealt with enough people where they, you know, they just don't get along. Uh, but yeah, so Brett, and it's not that he just like follows my lead either. He has very strong preferences. Mm. We just have the same preferences. So yeah, that's great. That's, like that's unheard of you've had those preferences in line ever since your college days together oh that black leather sofa that's the only thing i want and then as you started to grow and mature you moved past that can i just tell you i was looking at photos of our like first college apartment because yeah we were roommates in college and we actually decorated our apartment which was like Nobody in college did that. Like, no, yeah, no. you throw a few things like a poster up or something like that. But we like actually did it. We like went to Ikea and we went and got all the, we went to, I remember going to Urban Outfitters and buying these like, like a triptych uh, multicolored tapestry set. Like, oh, who wow. does that? And we like hung them. <laughs> and so I was looking back at photos and I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. But it was good for the time. Like we did good. It yeah. just wasn't quite, you know. I did the same thing. Uh, so we ended up having, um, it was our, when we were 18, we got our first place and um, we had, it was a house that we had finished the basement area and there was like a living room, like a second living room, a family room down there and we turned it into a bedroom. So we had seven of us. We got a bunch of renters that were shared accommodation <laughs> with us. Seven of us living in one house while we were going to university. And I just thought it was funny because they, they would call me like the, you know, like the Molly Maid service, like it was yes. a clean, cleaning service. They called me Molly Maid because <laughs> I would go around and clean after all the other guys that were living there. And then I would dress the place. The design aesthetic that I had at the time was just what my mom had done. So she would put the frilly thing on the tank of the toilet and the matching thing on the seat and the matching Wait, little carpet. Wait, you guys below actually it. did have I, the frilly you, thing? I did. I totally you did, did it. <laughs> when I was a dude in college with all my roommates, I did that. <laughs> And then I didn't know any better, really. And I was thinking, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad my aesthetic has grown since then and my knowledge of design has grown. It was so bad. When I look back at some of those old photos, I'm like, oh. And then, we, you know, we had the time where we had the posters. We had like a Spice Girls poster on the wall and whatever else, the Kramer. We've elevated our, our style since then. When we, when we would welcome people into our college room, I just wanted people to have that feeling where they said, tell me what you want, what you really, really want, and I'll get you that drink or that food, whatever it is you need. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. What's a moment that you remember that is just one of the worst, most frustrating things that was happening at the time, but now you can look back and laugh and it was a great growth moment for you um, with what you do. Mm-hmm. There were so many, honestly. <laughs> so building our house, 
there were a lot of those moments where it was like, is this ever going to get done? Um, and I think, you know, any of us that have done any sort of construction, you guys know how hard it is to like get the schedule, like nail everybody down and get everybody um, lined up. So one of the big things for this house was we were putting in a pool, which we're super excited about. It was like one of the main reasons we were moving. And just from an entertaining standpoint, it's so fun to have a pool. We've mm-hmm. always dreamed of it. And so um, we started digging the pool and we realized that we dug it six inches in the wrong spot. So that doesn't seem like it'd be a big deal. The problem is once you dig down into the dirt, then that's the spot that you've dug into and you've, you've compromised what is the natural like structure Mm -hmm. of the dirt that's already there. Um, so (laughs) I just remember, and I think there was a lot of other things going on that day and, oh, and we were doing rock the block and I had pulled my pool guy away from my house. I called him and I was like, I need you to leave our pool that you're installing for us, just leave it how it is and come do a pool with me on rock the block. And he was like, what? No, (laughs) you know, your pool's not going to get done. I was like, I don't care. I got to win a competition. We need a pool. And you did. And I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think my husband is just so positive and he's kind of the yin to my yang. I don't freak out. Like I don't ever like, I don't really get flustered, but once in a while I just get overwhelmed where I'm just like, Um, And I think that's when it's good to have a partner who can help you get some perspective. What is a memorable, I guess, design story that that you were just so appreciative of? Like um, a beautiful moment, not necessarily like a mishap. You guys know, like what we get to do is so unique in the sense that very rarely as adults do we have the opportunity to be like truly surprised, right? So... I mean, when I found out if Hazel was like a boy or a girl, like that was like one of those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, like it's just, you know, something that you're truly surprised about. You know, there's a mm-hmm. 50, 50 chance and that's, it's exciting. But when we create that moment on TV where we kick people out and they leave and they put their trust in us and then we're able to take that and run with it. And then we invite them back and we call it the reveal as, as you guys, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there for the I think everybody on this podcast I, knows what a reveal is, right? I think so, and if they yeah. don't, they should read your magazine, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, that reveal, that moment where people get to come back and see their house and it's better than they've ever imagined, that's what it's all about. So, this most recent season of my show, Help I Wrecked My House, that I've been doing, um, it <laughs> not only are the people seeing their new house, they're seeing their house like unwrecked. Right. Because they've mm-hmm. been through what it's what it feels like to uh, <laughs> be in over their heads. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah. And so when they come back and they see their house, it's not just that it's beautiful. It's that it's safe and that's functioning and that, you know, they don't have to work on it anymore and they don't have to worry about it anymore. And they can literally mm-hmm. just like live their lives. So there have been some moments this season where like, I'm not going to lie, like I cried. And I'm not like a crier. And I know that some of it was the hormones, especially early on in filming. I was still <laughs> like kind of, it was a little questionable touching down. Um, but yeah, I cried uh, more this season than I've ever cried ever <laughs> like in my life. Oh my gosh, I just got the chills. I mean, it's just one of those things where like, you're right. It's, it's, such, an, it's such an honor to be able to like have that moment. And it's an intimate moment uh, with these oh, families yeah. and these individuals and like, yeah. People that through the projects, you get to know them and you feel for them. And suddenly you get to like 
make all their dreams come true. I mean, it, it is, and it's not just for them, right? You see then usually at the end of an episode and we don't really show it that much, but usually we'll have like the grandparents and the kids yeah. and the, you know, the, who, neighbors. the neighbors, whoever's yeah. like, yeah, they come in yeah. and they get to see the house as well. And, you know, at the end of an episode, you might see a little snippet of it, but like, I like to hang out and actually watch those people coming because mm. it changes every, it's not just the, you know, the people that own the house. It's all the people that touch that family and are part of that, um, you know, that community and that family, it, it yeah. changes everything mm-hmm. for them. So it's pretty cool. Of all the projects you've done, what has been your favorite, whether it's a room or if it's an overall project, but what has been your favorite? Something cool, something different, something nostalgic? What is it? It's definitely something hidden, right? You know that's my jam. Like exactly. I I just get fired up when I see like hidden spaces. I think they're so fun in my house right now. And you can see it in my book. You can see it um, in HGTV Magazine. That's my favorite part of the book. Yes, thank you. The hidden spaces. I installed a bookshelf. And it's funny because my carpenter, like I said, I pulled him off of my house where he literally conceptualizing this bookshelf. And I was like, no, let's do it between the laundry room and the main closet at Rock the Block. So we built the same bookshelf. Remember that, Drew, where it was connected, but it was a secret bookshelf? So anyway, I got to test it there before I did it for my own house. But um, (laughs) and yeah, so wherever I have the chance to build a secret bookshelf, like I'm in 100% in. So you open the bookshelf and um, there's like just a little like speakeasy type wine tasting room. But we didn't tell any of our friends. So they, um, we had them all come and visit after we were done building and after COVID passed. And we we're like, okay, finally, like we can have a few people over here and there. Um, and just getting to see their face, like, wait, wait, you guys, oh, oh, you guys have a <laughs> hidden so bookshelf. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> the, the only thing I find weird with the story is you said you invited all your friends. And Linda, did you get, I didn't get the invite. Um, oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on Brother versus Brother that last season, when you were judging, which which space did you judge? I can't remember. I judged with the hidden bookshelf, the little alcove. It was so cute. Oh, no, no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because Jonathan <laughs> had the reading nook. I had the walkthrough closet and my walkthrough closet had the access up into the hidden uh, oh, the hidden no, space. Oh, no, I don't think I saw that. You had that like um, alcove with like the seating area. Oh, oh, you know, the really oh, the storage. With, like, yeah, yeah. Lots of like, and then there was the bookshelf, and then when you opened it yes, up, there was yes, this yes, hidden yes. storage. So wait, yes. did you did you choose mine or did you choose Jonathan's? I think I, I honestly don't. I think I chose yours. The thing is, you choose blindly. Yeah, exactly. Right. You didn't know whose was whose. Yeah. So yeah. actually, anybody listening, you'll have to tell us. I honestly can't remember either. But, <laughs> but so I had the hidden storage on both sides, which was amazing. But the thing I thought was even better was the hidden kids play, play space that In was off attic, of the yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah, it was the whole attic space. We we capitalized for this space. And uh, that was what I actually was excited to show you. But you ended up judging a different episode. So Yeah, but oh. I had that when I was a kid. I had a a hidden play space in the attic. And like, there's so many things that I look back on. That's why you're so obsessed with them. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There's things that are just like whimsical from your childhood that like, I think a lot of people give up on and I never Mm. did. I was like, no, like if I'm going to build a house, it's going to be, it's going to have all the things that I've always wanted, even if it was when I was 10 years old. So when I was judging Rock the Block, I mean, one of the things I really loved because you guys are all, who's it? Nicole was in there too, right? So we had uh, Mina... Uh, Mina, Allison, Leanne, oh, Allison. myself. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys are all so creative in different ways, but you see Allison does a lot of woodwork and what she knows from, you know, where she's in, in Chicago, Chicago, she does yeah. a lot of work. Leanne, I thought was hilarious because Leanne says, I don't care about a comp." you know, her personality, she's like, I don't care about a competition. I'm just going to design what I like to design. And 
I don't care if it doesn't fit in the aesthetic of this neighborhood. I like it. Yeah. And then you and Mina were both so creative and outside the box thinking of how to add value and, and the way that you build unique. It was such a fun competition to be a part of because you all were so distinctly different with everything you were doing. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it would be really fun for you, Linda, and me to design something together one day Ooh. in the future. That would be fun. That would be amazing. Or you can do a brother versus brother versus sister and let me design against you. Or yes, cutthroat. <laughs> That's a great idea. No, we'll do it with Linda I, too. I can't tell if Linda's laughing or coughing or what, <laughs> how choking. she feels about this. I'm choking. <laughs> she's never seen me lose, so she's thrown, she's thrown it back. <laughs> <laughs> You've been on the podcast. You know how this works. We like to end with a speed round. We may have asked you some of these before, but we're going to ask again in case things have changed. Right? <laughs> All right. What All right, I'm meal? ready. What meal makes you feel at home and who cooked it? Mm, I'm really into eggplant Parmesan right now. It was my like thing I loved the most as a child. And um, it's usually a joint effort between Brett and I. You were a fancy child. <laughs> eggplant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Hazel has the most eclectic palate, you guys. She eats everything. That's amazing. That's oh, great. Like an aubergine uh, Parmesan, please, uh, Mama. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Last night, she, I don't know if you guys saw this on my social real quick, but last night she she goes, Alexa, play Edelweiss. Oh, and she like yells it gosh. at the Alexa. And it's the funniest thing. And I'm like, How did, she's 17 months old. She shouldn't even be able to talk. Like what's happening right now? That's hilarious. Anyway, but I love that she wants to play Edelweiss. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't even know what Edelweiss is. What is that? The sound of music? The sound of music. Oh, okay. I just didn't know the name. But uh, so this this actually, my next question was right in line with that. So what song does Hazel and you sing the most? Oh, so we sing the song Vacation by Dirty Heads. How does that go? (laughs) It's like, oh, 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 I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Oh, oh, oh. So she sings (laughs) that. She actually sings it. Those are like big words for a 17-month-old. They Um, are. By the way, if y'all need any like, you know, singing help with anything, I'm here for you. Like if you need somebody to come caroling with you. We're all in. I mean, hey, this is, you're speaking our vibes. (laughs) Linda, my first date, I crashed her karaoke night with her friend. And that was the, the start of our love, love story. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I was joking because I know you guys have really good voices and I do not. <laughs> oh no, I, I go to karaoke because I know I don't have a good voice. Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody like, has a good voice in karaoke. That's, that's the thing. Like, If you do, you're not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I really enjoyed all of your uh, musical endeavors during COVID, Drew. I feel like that was like oh a standout moment in COVID for me. Like I was oh. so impressed. Well, An thank you. I know. I, <laughs> right? I loved it. I, I just, I mean, when we get into the regular grind, I don't have the time to record anything or have fun with it, but it really is fun. And my dad's, a, uh, you know, played professionally with the guitar. And so for me to, I need to get a little more practice in to get re- as good as what he is. But yesterday I was actually doing a jam session with my dad just for funsies. That's fun. Very you guys cute. do it virtual? Yeah, it's hard. Awesome. I mean, it's sort of like he plays, I play a little bit because of the delay, but it's uh, it's still fun. He, I mean, he's yeah, 87 years cute. old and he, and he can still strum that guitar. He's really Amazing. good. Yeah. So cool. Th- this uh, this speed round really went downhill. <gasps> oh, <right>. sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, what's your perfect Sunday morning at home? Oh, uh, well, we we don't. Okay, so I would love to sleep until about six forty-five, which for me is like majorly sleeping in. Um, oh my and then <laughs> no, I mean wow. maybe 
Yeah. 6.45. Like if I wake up at 6.45, I'm like, what happened? Where am I? <laughs> um, and then we ride our bikes down to a little place called Sugar Shack. It's this little like hole in the wall. It's very like old school Huntington Beach. It's right on Main Street. We have like eggs and burritos and just breakfast. And then, um, yeah, we just kind of like hang out. So that's our Sunday morning here. Nice. I was also fishing for an invite. At that yeah, time yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come. We'll just show up. <laughs> I'll see you at six forty-five a.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm <good>. out. <laughs> What's a memorable growth moment? I would say uh, the last year and a half has been one giant growth moment, if you want to put it that way. Um, I am, I am still growing. I think. I hope. I hope that I'm always still growing. But I think for all of us, uh, the last last year and a half has been challenging and um, starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But definitely um, when there's that many life changes at once, you can't help but grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what we love about you. you. You're such a positive, fun energy. And anyone you speak to that anybody you come in touch with or even fans of your shows, they just say there's an energy that you bring that really lights up people's lives. So we're, we're glad Thank to have you. you. Today's this is Canadian Thanksgiving, so we'll say that we are grateful as Canadians to have you in our life. We're thankful I for you. I love that. Happy <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Well, what I, do we eat on Canadian Thanksgiving? Well, we eat all the same things. Uh, yeah, I mean, all the same things. You know, yeah? people do their turkey and stuffing and gravy. and. We're just there for the apple pie. I want whipped mashed, yeah. what is it, whipped potatoes. Yeah. I want oh, all of those Pumpkin things. pie. Oh, pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you guys now celebrate Thanksgiving twice a year? Because I don't, that sounds like a lot of calories. We actually don't. (laughs) No, we we don't. We actually don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. No, we say say thanks to everybody in our lives and things that we feel great. It's not like a big thing. We're excited for Halloween. That's, that's our big holiday. Oh, we go big. Okay. Have we, have we, do we already know what you're going to be? Have you announced that? Do you wait? How does this work? Unfortunately, just this year, we are way behind on figuring out our costumes <laughs> because it's a different, we're not, we're going to kind of get dressed up and just stay at home. Drew's Tr- so. like, we go right. big. I'm like, are we going big? Are we? <laughs> we want to do our driveway like a haunted house, but it's not the right time with COVID uh, for that. Right. But when we get come out of this, we're going to do a full out like driveway haunted house. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to make a show out of it. Something fun. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. I just want to know what Hazel's dressing up as. I know. So Hazel was supposed to be a little Rams fan because we go to the Rams games here in LA and we have season tickets. Um, but I kind of blew it because we went to, she went to her first football game the other day and oh she gosh. wore her outfit and she had her little pom-poms and her cheerleading Aww. outfit. And I was like, Oh, well now it's kind of like, she's already worn it yeah. and it's still super cute, but I know like, I don't know. So I might have to rethink it. She can go as the mascot, get a little mini mascot <laughs> version of the, the Ram. Yeah. The little Ram. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Actually. I can't wait to see what yeah. you guys are. I know now that she was like, we go big. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go as Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you should. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, and we will see you down your way. We'll come down your way for uh, the house tour. Yes, I would. Love now that, that we've seen it on HGTV magazine. <laughs> right. Thank you guys so much. It's been so nice chatting, and I obviously appreciate the support. It's so cool. Every time we speak with Jazz, it's just so much fun. She's just so lovable. She is California sunshine. And Hazel's adorable. (laughs) Well, her new book is amazing. Be sure to check it out. It is in bookstores now. And we'll also share a link to Jasmine's book in our show notes. 
And hopefully you all enjoyed this episode and have fun creating your own house story. I have a bowl of grapes here that are delicious and I've been staring at them this whole time and I need to eat them now. <laughs> all right. Do all it. Right, bye. Love you. Thanks, everyone. Love you. And a huge thank you to our homies, Brandon Angelino, Annalie Bell, Hannah Fan, Courtney Iwanis, Wes Friend, Chris Cobain, Jessica Bryant-Harvey, and Nicole Schachter. Our theme music for At Home is by Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson. And music is composed and produced by Rick Russo. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do enjoy our podcast, be sure to subscribe and rate us. Always rate us. We love you rating and commenting. Yeah, we actually like your feedback. And to you, thank you. Thank you, love you. Love you. Dun, 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 dun. ADT <laughs> now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT is awesome and believes that the smarter the home, the safer the security. I can't wait to see what they do next. They're going to put Google Nest doorbells on the moon. <laughs> dun, dun. Actually, I'd like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with our Google Nest doorbell. I do love how when we're out at dinner, we can see exactly what's going on at the front door. And we can control our ADT smart devices like... Lights, locks, the security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. Mm-hmm. All you have to say is, hey, Google, to get started. Well, I think it's great for people to help protect what matters most with all of this. Plus, 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Hey, Google. <laughs>